Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining us again is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. We're here to talk some training camps. So how you doing, Ovi? You ready to go? We got football back in our lives. Absolutely. I'm doing good. I was at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium and uh, last night with Michael Jenkins. We uh, nice. had a Falcons fan for a day get a chance to play a flag football game with some of his closest friends. So I can finally say I played football at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, just not with the Falcons at the time. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say that my team won 21 to 14. And uh, yeah, Michael Jenkins, uh, his team put up a, they had the black squad, we had the red squad. He put up a tough, tough fight and he had some ringers. He had some grandmas out there shaking and baking. I, I, I was <laughs> I sweating profusely. Hell, this is this is hard. <laughs> this is hard work. Oh wow! But it, but it was fun. We had a good time. It's you know it's training camp for everybody. I'm really excited that you got to, to get back out there and you know at least play a game on the turf, right? And that's that's exciting. Yep. You got to officially. We can you know for now. Now you've ended your career with a win. Um, in in a game which <laughs> you did. You did the last one. You did the last one to yes. be fair, but. But it's good, you know, get another one on your, under your belt, right? So, um, absolutely. We're going to um, be talking about, you know, a team that's gotten now seven practices under their belt and kind of catching up on the state of Atlanta Falcons training camp now that they've been able to put the pads on for the last three days. Before we get into training camp talk, let's take one quick break. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports like MMA and boxing, esports like video games, obviously, and even golf. Want to live tour, PGA, probably both. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ovi, before we get into this year's team, I just want to start and ask about your first training camp here in Atlanta. And and there are two ways we could go about this. The obvious one that most people would go with would be Bobby Petrino, Michael Vick. You came into just just a like hellscape. But I want to go in the other direction, probably the way, way, way less interesting direction. But you're coming from from Baltimore. I have no idea where their um, their training camps are. Also, Baltimore. If you're not watching We Own This City, amazing show, amazing, amazing show uh, that's set in Baltimore. But you come from Baltimore, you come down to Flowery Branch, Georgia, the first time that you stepped out for training camp and realized it was 104 degrees. What went through your head? Um, I was not excited about that part. 
because the humidity is something special here. I mean, <laughs> we had humidity in Baltimore, but nothing like we have in Atlanta. So I, I train usually in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a different type of heat, uh, the dry heat. And so I, 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 th- I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready for what Atlanta had for me. So I was sucking wind. I'll be honest. I was sucking wind for a little bit. But I was just happy that our facilities were, were, were so much better than the, I forget what the name of the college. We went to like, a, like an, an old rundown college near uh, the Ravens facility and, and kept saying, or Brian Bill was saying, it makes us stronger and you know, we don't need no five-star <laughs> hotels and we got to you know, you know, enjoy and embrace the suck of it all. Oh my and God. I, I didn't agree with that, but um, we had bunk beds with like spring. It was like literally college uh, football dorm room type stuff. And, Nah, it wasn't for me. But the Falcons, their training camp facilities were right next door. They were right there. It was absolutely amazing. So I loved every minute of it. I thought that it was living a life of luxury, and it made it a little more bearable to deal with that heat. The dorms definitely are really nice. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's different for every team, but the fact that the Falcons do have on-campus housing is is a huge plus. And we're going to have to keep getting some some training camp stories from you over the next few weeks and uh, as they head into the preseason and then into the regular season. But let's get into this year's team, this year's topics through the first seven days of camp. It seems like Kyle Pitts is the storyline so far, um, has been just really fluid and he's catching everything thrown his way. He's making really good athletes just kind of miss and look pretty bad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. It seems like he really, if if at the very least, will be just a very big safety blanket for whoever is in at quarterback. But Ovi, do you think that there's a chance we're maybe even undervaluing this Atlanta offense if Kyle Pitts truly takes another big leap in year two and vaults himself into kind of Darren Waller territory? Absolutely, because um, we... It's easy to undervalue the Falcons because, uh, you know, <laughs> national media thinks that we're going to win like two or three games. And so people just don't have a lot of expectations for us. Uh, and that's crazy because we have one of the most potent weapons out there in Kyle Pitts. And if he is anywhere near the typical projections or you know improvements that you have from year one to year two, he's going to be a, a force to reckon with. And I'm really excited to to see A, the quarterback, whoever uh, ends up a quarterback, what they do, but B, Kyle Pitts from year one to year two. Uh, and the way that, you know, we, we've heard him um, talk about this season, the way that you've seen the clips of him uh, preparing for this season, he's not taking it lightly. He's not pumping the brakes. He's not celebrating his own personal wins, the Pro Bowl. He still has an axe to grind. He still has something to prove. He still has a chip on his shoulder. And um, is not even thinking about, oh, this is a tank season, so let me just coast. So because of that, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what Kyle Pitts does. I completely agree. And getting the chance to talk to him uh, earlier this offseason, you know, was the mentality. That's what he said he's working on. He's, you know, he's really trying to hone in and every rep is like the others and, and you practice like you play and all of that good stuff. That's why I am so excited to see him in the joint practices later this month. because. You know, he's he's making short work of pretty much uh, most of the Falcons defenders. Now, we haven't seen him against the corners 
too, too much. So it's not like he's roasting AJ Terrell left and right. It's mostly the linebackers and safeties. And he's the type of player who should play really well against those guys. But when they go and take on the New York Jets and Jacksonville, not like those are the best defenses in the world. It's not like he's, you know, going up against Derwin James or, uh, you know, Jamal Adams at his prime. But it'll be a different feel. It'll be different players he's not familiar with. What did you ever participate in any joint practices, Ovi? And if if so, how'd you like that? If not, you know, do you wish you did and why? No, we, we did. And uh, we didn't start doing it until uh, my second year with the Falcons when Thomas Dimitrov came down to the Falcons from the Patriots. And mm-hmm. guess who he brings year one or year two, one of the uh, early years, uh, the New England Patriots, of course. And so <laughs> we're going up against them. And we were it was fun, man, because you get so tired of hitting the same guys. And as a fullback, you know, especially. Yeah, I, I was getting not, not, kind of up in years. I was going my sixth, seventh year in the league. And I'm like, man, I want to preserve my body and preserve some of my bigger hits till, you know, for, for things that matter. Like, I know I'm better than all of my linebackers on my team. I know that I'm, I'm you know, I can handle the defensive ends and kick them out. I, I don't have to go and put this beat on my body to prove that to them or me or even the coaches. But right. when you have somebody else out there you don't have to be as afraid of hurting. Like, you're not trying to hurt anybody on purpose most of the time. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> when you play your own guys, you got to be kind of mindful. You got to make sure if you trip, you're stumbling, and you got to make sure that you don't hit him if he's in a bone position and he uh, ends up off balance. You don't want to take your guys out because those are your guys. But you can literally take off the limiters, take off, you know, any concern of their well being and just go out there and practice for game time situations. So I love playing the Patriots. And the one thing I remember to this day, people say, oh man, you know, get off his job. I'm like, no, like this is like one of the greats. And, and he said, I, I told like everybody when it happened, uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Belichick, New England Patriots coach, came over to me while I was stretching. And he was like, man, you are one of the greatest fullbacks in, in this league. I've wow. watched your film. And I wish, I know, uh, you know, we weren't in the running for you because we had a, you know, we don't use a fullback that often and we had a guy running for our fullback. But um, if I could have taken you, I would have. You know, I, I, like, I like the way you play, son. You know, keep, 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 keep at it. And it was just real small, real short, like, you know, a couple sentences. That's um, so cool. But, but he stopped, he put his hand on my shoulder. I was stretching and I looked up, I can remember looking up at him and my, you know, I couldn't always see part of him because my helmet couldn't turn all the way. But I, I felt his presence. I'm like, Yo, like this is the guy I used to watch, like you know, win Super Bowls, <laughs> and now he's giving me big props. And I don't know if he was just gassing me. Up. It's not even a real game. Why would he gas me? Up? I said that might have been a genuine compliment. So that that was pretty cool. And, and playing against the, the Patriots and uh, get a chance to let loose is pretty cool. So I, I'm all for joint practices. Yeah, and I mean, uh, obviously, for those who don't know, Bill Belichick, son of Steve Belichick, who was a long time, um, yeah, he was involved with the Navy program, and you know, if there's one college program that knows uh, fullbacks and the running game, it would be Navy. So that's probably, you know, a massive, massive compliment. It is a massive compliment coming from Bill Belichick, but not just because he's the, you know, winning it or greatest coach essentially in NFL history, but also because he knows fullback play probably better than almost anybody. So, and that would have been 2008. So they were coming off of the 2007, like Super Bowl runner up year. 
but the essentially the yeah. perfect season, right? Wow. Yep. That, that was cool. That's a cool time. Yeah, um, very, very cool. So let's hope that Kyle Pitts uh, plays really well in joint practices to sum up that awesome um, detour. But we talk, you know, physicality, trenches. I cannot wait till you see the Guardian caps if you haven't already in person, Ovi. They, uh, you know, they're obviously there for safety reasons. Get all that. They look absurd and hilarious. And I think the <laughs> <can> agree. <laughs> absurd. <laughs> they're, they're, they're insane. Um, but kind of news maybe on the offensive line front. And I'm trying to figure out if it's too soon or frankly too late to be calling the left guard battle because Jalen Mayfield, you know, the second year player who started as a rookie throughout the season had, you know, a few more downs than ups. I think it's fair to say, but a lot of people figured he may get a second shot here um, with a year under his belt already started the first day left guard immediately. And since has been replaced by uh, Elijah Wilkinson who, you know, came over here as a free agent has, you know, some more experience under his belt. I think that Arthur Smith has said that there's just some things they want to see out of Jalen Mayfield. You know, they want to see him improve in a few areas. And if he does, then, you know, things could maybe tighten up a little bit. But when you see a player so kind of suddenly in the second practice jump, the the first guy, and of course, you don't know yet if you're in a competition, if they're going to go back to Jalen Mayfield in day three and then Wilkinson day four and do that whole thing like they've done with Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy. But Ovi, when you see somebody kind of jump somebody that quickly and then keep the job, what are you thinking? What what goes through your mind? Uh, what goes through my mind is that coaches kind of already know um, who they want there, and they already kind of already know uh, what they want in that position because these decisions aren't make uh, are made haphazardly. They're not made, uh, you know, just ah, yeah, it's, a, it's a whim. I'll change my mind, change my back. No, th- there is a, so much that goes into. Um, finding the right fit for the position. And that can be personnel change, like who's going to be the quarterback? Um, you know, what type of receivers do we have? Yeah. Um, you know, let me look at this guy and, and, you know, see where his head's at and, you know, what he's doing in the off season, like how he's talking, body language, the whole thing. So they, they're always rooting for somebody to, to, to get a position. I, I found it out um, <laughs> um, from 10 years, almost 10 years of playing football seeing guys around me and just individually I've had guys draft to replace me twice and it, it, it was not fun. And, and they were not rooting for me. Uh, they were, I had <laughs> zero room to make a mistake. Like they, 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 they just wish I would make a mistake and I didn't let them do that. And I think the same thing with Jalen Mayfield, they saw all of what he did last year. They want to see somebody else at the position and they want to make it their job to lose. I think that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, and that's kind of also the way that it feels a little bit with Caleb McGarry, who has not yet been in a rotation and probably won't be because I think he's I think the coaching staff has seen what they want to so far from him. And it it feels very much like he's going to have to majorly screw up potentially in, you know, even a preseason game. You know, maybe even a screw up in practice isn't enough because he he's the type of player who's proven he can bounce back. He has that experience. I still yeah. don't think that the coaching staff is down on Caleb McGarry, even though they did not pick up his fifth year option. I think that this is just a true contract year for him. And that if that motivates him to play his best season yet, the coaching staff looks at that like, yes, that's exactly what we want to have happen. <laughs> so it's a little yep. bit of a, a carrot for him. I, I really would 
maybe not with Sharpie, but right now I'm pretty confident in a in a hard number two pencil to uh, to get Caleb McGarry in there at right tackle. And I I can't remember over here. Are you a fan of his, or are you kind of on the other half of the fence where it's like we clearly need a new right tackle? I want more. I want better. I mean, especially when my boy Matt Ryan was there. I was like, he needs he needs more. I, I was not satisfied with, with anybody uh, on the office line and, and them as a whole and playing. So again, I could be a little bit tough, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I expect, yeah, I expect them to play like starting NFL offensive linemen. And some of them had little bursts of that, but consistently I, I'm used to, you know, now ring of honor, uh, Falcon tall famer, uh, Todd McClure. I, I'm yes. used to watching guys play like that and play like Harvey Dahl and play like Tyson Playboat. It's not hard. And those guys weren't perfect, but they, they failed forward and, and, and they, they missed hard. And when they're blocking, it was just this type of uh, level of nastiness that I know is possible because I've seen it. And I haven't seen it consistently in an offensive line for the Falcons in, in a while. And um, so so I won't say I'm, I'm hard on him. I think, boy, his talent, the kid is talent. He just... Mm-hmm. Hasn't shown me that he can do or play at that level consistently for a whole season. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair, and that is the big thing. That's the consistency, right? And that's usually what separates the, you know, the, the bad NFL players from the average NFL, the average from the good, and the good to the great. And it's it's just how consistent can you be throughout the course of a season? Um, no real updates so far in center. Still back and forth with Dalman and Hennessy. You mentioned Todd McClure, though, Ovi. Did you uh, shoot him a message when you found out he was going in the Ring of Honor? I sure did. The, the Falcons uh, even called me, and I had a, a little 15-second clip that I put on video that was part of his introduction to the Hall of Fame or congratulations to the Hall of Fame. So Thank I was yeah. uh, honored. They, they thought of me to uh, you know, be part of the, the crew that, that celebrated him. because I it, it, And I said a little bit of this in my uh, little video, not the biggest, not the fastest, not the strongest, and he knows that already, but <laughs> he was one of the best to ever play that position. And I was so surprised when I came to the Falcons. I'm like, this? This guy's your center? Him? That's it? Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, okay. Because you used to like big, you know, 300 yeah. pound, but he was yeah. about behemoths, you know, 6'6, six, six, you know, three. and he wasn't that, but he was a junkyard dog that, that, that fought with, with the best of them. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all about uh, you know, guys playing uh, at that level. But one other thing too, contract year can change man. It, it will motivate a man, an NFL player, to do things he's never done before. So I think we have a uh, a good chance that we might see some really good performances out of our O line because of uh, the contract year, contract situations. That's an absolutely great point by you. Yeah. I mean, you you realize, and I remember this, I will never forget it most clearly with Tack McKinley. Um, when he showed up to camp his last year, uh, 2020, and I know it didn't end on you know a great note for Tack with the franchise, but I've never seen somebody transform his body the way that he did over that offseason. And we came yeah. in and we knew that he meant business because this was yep. his final shot. And... That's what we all want to see, I think, from Caleb McGarry this year. And it'll start, you know, right now. It starts in training camp, the preseason. You get every single snap counts for that contract year. Um, yep. Somebody who is really kind of taking a big step forward and it's maybe the best possible person um, outside of your Kyle Pitts is your AJ Terrells, all those guys. Somebody who 
needed to take a step forward, and that's Richie Grant. Uh, one of the notable things that I saw when I was up there last Saturday, I will be up there again this Saturday, uh, and I plan to be up there a few more times. I can't be up there every day. Sorry, everybody. Other work obligations. But Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins were the starting safeties. That appears to be the way that it's trending for the regular season. I personally, I kind of like that. Uh, Eric Harris is a experienced and Dean Marlowe experienced guys maybe coming off the bench in rotation when they need to for certain matchups. That's okay with me. But Richie Grant has been kind of one of the few guys who's been able to keep up with Kyle Pitts in these one-on-one drills. He looks fluid. He looks confident. Ovi, how much does a player have to learn in their first year and then kind of going into that second year is it truly like it's clicked all the little things that are you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed going into an NFL facility for the first time you're meeting everybody you're trying to figure out where do you go what's the training schedule like all of this stuff by year 2 that's all down how important is that to then just being able to focus on the the football side of things and having a baseline of knowledge from year 1 to rely on oh my gosh it's uh it's it's night and day because uh even if you're you know, a big time first rounder or you're a top pick, it's still the transition period of getting used to uh, grown men flying on the field when they <laughs> run and being able to be as big as they are and move as fast as, as they do. And just the the, the mental part of it. Uh, it uh, yes, you have big playbooks in college and, and yes, you got to memorize and think on the fly, but everything is just ratchet, ratcheted up so much more than the NFL. And when you're having to like physically and mentally and spiritually, socially even adjust to the NFL and the fact that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, if I want, however I want. Like I, there's no classes. I go home. I can be out all night partying at the strip club till 3 a.m. I could, you know, uh, go to sleep and get some rest. I, I could do whatever I want. Like you are a, you know, 21 year old, 20 year old sometimes like, yeah. grown adult who makes life decisions and has to balance his checkbook and, you know, hire and fire people and choosing the blinds and pick the house. And it, it's like so much that comes into your hemisphere, hemisphere. You have to do that and football. But by year two, you usually put people in place and you've got a, everything down to a science or at least a system. You have hopefully a, a good team that you like that's with you and you can really focus on playing ball. like. That's it. Like you play ball, you're a ball player, and that's your your first, second, and third priority. There's you're no more transition. So with that, you know, that's part of the reason you see the jump from year one to year two, because you have more time and energy uh, to focus on your craft. And it's not just, you know, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, looking around like I'm actually in the NFL. I'm actually here. So um I, I think that. Richie Grant is, uh, you know, going to be one of uh, several uh, Falcons players who makes a hopefully a positive jump in the right direction. It certainly looks like he's trending that way so far, and I, I think along with that, and along with the personal stuff, with just the mental side of the game, with the physical side of the game, with every part of that, I always like to make people think about the fact that this every time that there is somebody learning something, there is a teacher that has to teach it to them. And that year can be just as crucial for the coaching and for that relationship as it is anything else, because they may have to learn how does Richie Grant learn best? You know, how do we get this through to him? How do we make him understand all of this so that when it is happening in real time and milliseconds make the difference between an incompletion and a touchdown, that he doesn't have to think 
So that's just one other um, aspect of the game that I don't think gets enough credit is the actual kind of teaching of the game for a young player and kind of the two-way street of that. But somebody who is going to be learning uh, about the guys around him this uh, preseason will be Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, both quarterbacks, you know, not named Matt Ryan. So that is a huge transition for this organization. <laughs> they so are going crazy. to they are going to have to learn and and develop chemistry with these receivers. You know, it's no longer Matt and Julio don't have to play in the preseason. They don't have to play in training camp. They've been doing this for 12 years. They they know it like the back of their hand. No, these guys need every single rep. It seems like that's going to be the case uh, in the preseason. It looks like Arthur Smith really wants these guys to get as much live bullets uh th- you know, shot at him as possible uh, during these preseason games. But from my eyes, I think the mobility will be a huge factor and an added element that we have not seen in a long time here in Atlanta. And that's not to say that Matt Ryan couldn't get you a first down if he needed to. It's just that these guys really can do some damage and probably have a quicker pull it down and run trigger than Matt Ryan did. So red zone, you know, third and short, it's going to be a different way that those conversions are made this season. But one thing, and this is what I want to get your thoughts on Ovi is Arthur Smith says he wants them to connect more on deep shots for all of the jokes that were made about Matt Ryan having a weak arm. I don't think that was ever really the case or at least not prohibitive from the Falcons still having an explosive offense. How concerned are you if these guys don't start showing a little bit more comfort in connecting with deep shots that this isn't going to be an explosive offense and that even with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Cordero Patterson, that the quarterbacks aren't going to be willing to really take advantage of what they offer down the field. Is that a concern to you at all? Uh, absolutely. Because that's a concern for, I mean, every fan, uh, I won't say coaches as much, but most of the fans have the basic understanding that if you can't throw deep balls, then it's going to be hard to score big plays. I mean, yeah, we have, Cornerell and Drake and, and Kyle, who, you know, have pretty good top speed and, you know, escapability, but you need to be able to get the ball 50 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards, if you want to show off and have that big play at the end where we need it. Matt and uh, Cornerell Passion did it against the Saints and did a couple big times last year and surprised people. But if you have a mobile quarterback, Unfortunately, most people think you can't have both. You 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 can't be both. The uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, of the world are a few and far between. You can't be amazing with your feet and also proficient and precise and amazing with your arm. So Mariota and Desmond Ritter, they, they have to prove that with live bullets firing. And, and I'm I'm one of many that is excited to hopefully see them prove people wrong. Yeah, and that's where the preseason is going to be huge. It looks like Marcus Mariota is Mariota. I keep it's Mariota. I've been everybody's Mariota. driven that home. It's Mariota, um, like Mario. But um, yeah, so <laughs> he looks like he's pretty well positioned to at least enter the year as a starter. No surprise there. That kind of solidifies a belief that a lot of people had. Um, but again, very curious to see how Desmond Ritter looks when he's running the show you know and it's it's not a rotation back and forth it's hey you've got this quarter of of preseason action let's see what you can do because i think he'll shine a little bit in that element so it would not surprise me if you know we come out of a couple of preseason games actually feeling maybe like they're not gonna wow and, and shock the world but like all right these are two at least competent guys who can 
who can make some things happen on on a Sunday if need be. Uh, the final thing that I want to get to is a little bit of an advancement on a story that has been kind of taking place all throughout the summer, and that is Deion Jones. It kind of came out earlier this week. He's been on the the pup list, the physically unable unable to perform list for those that don't know, which means that he's not practicing with the team. He's he's rehabbing from uh, off season surgery, but. A lot of speculation that the Falcons were maybe trying to trade him to get out of uh, his salary cap. It looks like so far they've been unsuccessful in doing that. A report by Jeff Schultz indicates that maybe instead of just cutting him and saving, you know, only a tiny amount, we're talking maybe 1.5 in salary cap and they'd eat 18 and a half million um, in dead cap money that he's worth more to them on the field for this defense in 2022. So with that latest development, Given all of the moves that they've made at linebacker this offseason and kind of building an interesting, I think, younger group with some upside, how much of a desire do you have to see Deion Jones back out there with this defense? Do you think he can bounce back from, you know, what was his worst season as a Falcon last year? Uh, I mean, are you still holding out hope that that, that they do yeah. trade him and find some ways to to get out from this. What are your thoughts on, on Deion Jones now that it looks like he could potentially be back? Uh, I mean, Deion is a, is a great talent. He, he didn't show it uh, like I he agree. wanted to last, last year, but he's an amazing talent. But I also feel like if, if there was a time to try and upgrade or find ways to be smart with your money and go get what you really want when it matters. Now is the time. I mean, you're willing to get rid of Matt Ryan. You should be willing to get rid of anybody. And uh, mm-hmm. if you think that I'm, I can't, I'm on the GM's head, but if you really think that there are better opportunities when we have money next year or free agency, or there are going to be better opportunities uh, to get young players in the draft, then, then do that because now's the time to do it. There's no guarantee that Deion Jones bounces back. I, and I hope he does. I'm always for the players. I'm always for them getting their money. I'm always for them, you know, making a splash because that's that's who I am. I'm, I'm a player as well. But I understand yeah. the, the the business side of it, and I understand how you 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 gotta you gotta suck a little bit in order to to build the team you want. Being average year after year after year just puts you in purgatory. So right. uh, yep. I, I know I am not the only Falcons fan that. Wouldn't mind if we actually did win two or three games uh, and had a chance to get that quarterback in Alabama when it came time. But I do also do know that players don't throw games because they don't benefit from uh, uh, tanking or, or sucking. That doesn't benefit right. them uh, in, in any way, um, unless you're, you know, some type of franchise player who will be here regardless, which very, very, very few people on the Falcons have that type of job security. Yeah, you, you think Caleb McGarry's just going to let Cam Jordan run right around him in week one because, you know, the GM wants, wants, to get, to, wants to go yeah. and get the second overall pick? No, because you know who's going to get cut first when they go 2-15? and 15? Probably Caleb yep. McGarry. Like, I mean, it's it's just, yeah. So the the players are never going to do that. I agree with you. I, I think Deion Jones is still, he's still young enough to be a good player and he still is a good player. I just think Last year, it, we knew that this defense is a lot. It puts a lot on a guy, and Deion Jones specifically was somebody that the coaching staff probably made the defense as simple for because he's such a good athlete, and they just wanted to free him up 
to go do what he does best and follow his instincts and make plays all over the field. I think Dean Pease is a little bit more like you need to play within my system. We're not letting you just go, you know, follow your nose and hunt down the ball. Like, so I think that that played some role in him taking a step back last year. Now, if they, if they think they're a better team with him on the roster, I think I tend to agree with that. I think he's still a good player. It just depends on a, how committed is he to this team, given all of the talk that has circulated over the last three, four months. Uh, and and B, you know, how much can he get back physically and then on the mental side of things? So uh, a couple just real brief notes before we get out of here. Uh, Vincent Jackson, defensive tackle done for the year after tearing his Achilles. That's always tough to see a guy, you know, go down early in training camp after you've been training all offseason to kind of get back from what he also sustained last year, which was a season ending injury. So you really, yeah. really hate that. For a guy because at some point, you know, it, it's like seeing Keanu Neal get get back to back season ending injuries and, and crying on the field. I mean, my heart has never dropped more. So really goes uh, really feel for Vincent Jackson there. And then Brian Edwards, luckily dinged up his shoulder on Saturday. I was there. I saw it. It looked weird. I had no idea what was happening, but spoke with trainers went off the field. It looks like he'll be OK. He's come back to practice in a yellow non-contact penny. So hopefully he's good to go for the first preseason game. Um, that is all I've got. Ovi, do you have any final thoughts before we kind of get out of here? No, I'm just uh, excited. Football to start, you know, uh, NFL, yes. college, like football is in the air. And it's, let's uh, go. You don't realize how much you miss it till it's, you know, been gone for a while. And it's about to come back, man. I, I'm just like giddy a little bit. Hair on the back of my neck standing up because we're about to get some, some real football, some good football, lots of uh, changes and storylines to play off of. And, uh, can't wait to see what happens. Heck yeah. Dude, the one-on-one O-line, D-line drills are my favorite this time of year. They're coming back with the pads on. So we will be covering all of this. If you guys have any questions for Ovi and I, of course, you can DM us on Twitter or shoot an email to believeinfalcons at gmail.com thinking about doing a training camp preseason mailback episode soon. So hit us up with all of your questions. I will be back Saturday, as I mentioned, find all of my interviews and, and work on the Falcoholic. Uh, And please follow us on social media. Check out um, this podcast. Let everybody know where they can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. As always, today's was presented by Bet Online. Please, guys, take care and get ready for some more Falcons football. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.